BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Welcome to the law firm of Davis and Davis. We're not a real law firm. Go ahead, grab a beer, a glass of wine, sit back and listen. Honestly, say probably the best song he has ever created. I, I have a little note about this. I have what to is your note? Uh, Purple Rain is truly his magnum opus. Uh, he was at the height of his creative career. He had all the control. Uh, if you want to take away all the hit songs from that album and just listen to listen to the rest of the album to see how good he really was and how good that whole album really was, uh, his guitar playing on that album is on equally on par with Hendrix and Stevie Ray Vaughan. 
his vocals ranged from the lowest growls to the highest screams. He's got funk, heavy metal, hard rock. He's got everything in that album. It's like when you talk about your favorite Prince album or Prince song, take Purple Rain out of the equation and then talk because it's 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 on another level with everything he's ever done. I don't disagree with you at all. Uh, but this is his Beethoven's fifth. Yes. Uh, Tchaikovsky's... Uh, Rachmaninoff. Yeah. yeah. I, I, this really is a rock opera song. And I, I was actually surprised going through the research that I did to see where it came up in in the uh in his his top 20 of songs now my top 20 of songs here that that i have for prince is actually from the uk top 40 not the american okay uh the american top 40 was a little bit convoluted and i i just didn't trust it uh which is why i kind of went with this Plus, this one actually explained what band was with Prince when he uh, when he made the charts. Um, so, let me start off at number one. His his number one song on the charts for longevity and placement on on its. Uh, this list is is conducted by longevity okay 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 so the song that was the longest in the top 40 was 1999 little red corvette yeah i think i i think that jives with the american stuff too uh it in the uk only peaked at two it didn't go to number one. I don't know what it did in the U.S. market, but it stayed on the charts forever. Oh, dude, that album—that I, I, was the very first album I ever bought on CD, and I listened to that album over and over. And that—that that is just a solid album from start to finish it is it's it's phenomenal now here's here's the scary thing that album came out before purple rain but in the uk it didn't come out until 1985 yeah uh and it still rocked now his his number two song on his list is purple rain uh, peaked out in the UK at number six, but spent almost an entire year <laughs> on the top 40 list. That's, uh, that's incredible. Like I said, this was his Beethoven's fifth. It, it was the pinnacle of his, of his career. Yet I still sit back and I'm like, there's other songs that were great oh yeah i mean yeah 
let's take the Purple Rain experience out of it. You go down to number four and Prince of the Revolution hit the charts with Kiss. <laughs> Have you ever heard Tom Jones and the Art of Music's version of Kiss? Yes. It's, it is like the it's counterpoint. Incredible. Like, like Prince is up in the falsetto range. Tom Jones is all deep and growly. It's like the perfect counterpoint. And I, I like, I turned somebody onto that song today. Cause I knew we're, you know, I was like, yeah, we're doing Prince and everything. And, and like, have you ever heard this song? And he's a younger kid, but he, he listens to like older stuff. And he's like, no, nah, I never heard it. I was like, put your earphones on, listen to it. He's like, he's like, dude, that's the theme to Peter Gunn. Yeah. He was digging it. He liked it. Can you guess what number five on the list is? Um, wait, what were we had uh little red Corvette? Purple Rain, what was number three again? Uh, number three was Excel. Uh, number three was When Doves Cry. Oh, yeah. Uh, and number four I, I, was Kiss. Do you know what number five was? Um, I Would Die For You. Mm, very good choice, but mm. let's go crazy. <laughs> let's go crazy along with Take Me With You. Oh, interesting. Okay. Because uh, when it was released in the UK, it was released as two, uh, two songs uh, as one. Really? Those two together? Yeah. Yes. Huh. Uh, Funky. Uh, yeah, and honestly, okay, I keep trying to talk into my microphone and it's not working. It's <laughs> freaking hilarious. Uh, so, um, so yeah, when it was released in the UK, it came out as two out or two songs on as one, hmm. uh, and I thought that was really kind of interesting. Number six came from uh i think this was the 1999 album raspberry beret was that 99 album or was that uh it was prince and the revolution but i don't remember which album that was on raspberry ray wasn't that the sign of the times maybe no sign of the times would have been uh well would it have been I'm trying to find it here. Play in the sunshine has been. Uh, nope. We did not have enough stuff up, did we? Uh, we never do. Uh, Raspberry Beret came from Around the World in a Day, 1985. Really? Yeah. Man. So that was that was the beginning of the fuck Warner Brothers phase of his life because he. This is another example. Okay, so I was talking to the same person at work today about the Beatles. Yeah, and back in the USSR, was a goof song. They were poking fun at the Beach Boys, 
And yet, because it was the Beatles, it was such a good song, it charted. Like, it was supposed to be just a, a poke, like a goof. But it was so good because it was the Beatles writing it that it hit the charts. And Raspberry Beret was another one of those songs. It was, he wanted to write crappy pop songs that wouldn't chart and screwed up and charted anyway. So, yeah. Yeah, I... I, I mean, I, going through the, dude, number nine, or uh, number eight, is the Bat Dance. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, We're not going to talk about that until you get into the girlfriend stuff. <laughs> hold, hold on. The Bat Dance peaked on the UK list at number two. <laughs> number two <laughs> take one guess what peaked at number one out of his whole you'll, you'll never guess it uh seven april 1994 the most beautiful girl in the world mm, okay debuted or peaked at number one on the uk charts by the artist formerly known as Prince. I, I have a story about that song also. Do you? I do. Talk to me. Oh, I got to find this one. Hold on, please. Da 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 da. So, do you know who Kevin Smith is? Yes. Silent Bob. Yes. Brilliant director. Totally awesome director. A night okay. with Kevin Smith, everyone needs to oh, watch. Go God. on. Well, there's so many of them. And I actually got to go to the live night with Kevin Smith at EJ Thomas. It was it was great. So Kevin Smith wanted to use that song in Clerks 2. And so he called up Prince's entourage. I don't know. And, and, and uh, can I use your song? And never heard anything back. And all of a sudden, Prince, you know, the, the guys from, you know, Prince called him. It's like, uh, Prince is going to be on the phone with you in uh, 17 minutes. And Kevin's like, oh, fuck, cool. Okay. <laughs> and so Prince gets on the phone. He's like, yeah, I, I want you to, I, I want you to do a, a documentary for me. I, I'm putting out this new album and uh, I want you to do a, a documentary at Paisley Park. Um, and Kevin's like, I, I, I don't, I don't know how to, yeah, sure. When? And, <laughs> and so then he realizes he hangs up with Prince. He realizes, oh crap. I never forgot to ask. I forgot to ask him about using the songs. He calls up Prince again. He's like, <laughs> Hey, by the way, I'm, I'm doing this, this movie clerks too. And uh, can I, can I use this song? Most beautiful girl in the world is like, no. It's like, <laughs> it's like, wait a minute. I just promised to do your thing. Like, oh, fuck it. I'll do the, documentary anyway okay so can, can, kevin can, goes down to paisley park okay yeah and, and this is if you can find all this stuff on youtube it's it's brilliant to listen to this is a very very short short version of this <laughs> so he's there and he's doing some stuff with with people that, that, that listened to the prince album and it was and i forget the album but it was it was a very religious kind of album and and stuff like that and they're all talking about religion and and uh prince is one of the assistants comes out and whispers in kevin smith's ear he goes like uh, yeah yeah prince doesn't want you to talk about religion anymore 
and Kevin's like, okay, guys, keep talking. He's like, what do you mean he doesn't want to talk about religion? It's like, he, he doesn't want to talk about religion anymore. How the fuck does he know I'm talking about religion? Like, if he doesn't want to talk about religion, he should get his ass down here. And then he looks over to the commissary, and there's this thing about, you know, this was an old warehouse, blah, blah, blah. Every room in this I'm entire compound know about. is wired for sound so that Prince can record at any moment in any room of the place. And Kevin's like, so that means he could go to the bathroom, take a shit, and record Raspberry Beret. <laughs> Cat, go away. Piss off. So, um, so after Kevin got there, he, he's trying to all film right. this stuff. He doesn't right. really want to... All, all right. right? Hold on a second. Yes. I have something for you. Let me... Uh... No, yes, no. About it. I know uh, you were uh, up in Minneapolis filming a documentary for Prince. Yes. That, as far as I've heard, as far as I've heard, it's never even going to see the light of day. And I just mm -hmm. wanted to know if you'd you know, shed a little light on that. Um, we were trying to get a Prince song for, for Jane Saw and Bob Strike Back for the scene where uh, Channel Elizabeth's character comes into the movie's restaurant. We were trying to get Prince as the most beautiful girl in the world. But we couldn't get any response back from him. And then one day, I got a call at the office. And they said, uh, Prince's office called. He wants to speak to you. And I said, holy shit. I'm going to call him back. This is Trevor in Prince's office. Uh, Prince will be calling you in 19 minutes. It sounds like they have shit well scheduled. Everybody, get away from the phone. You know? Prince is going to be calling. And the kid wants to play. I'm like, go away. Prince is calling. Phone rings again. And I hear his fucking voice. And he's just like, Kevin. And I said, Prince? <laughs> because that's his name. And, uh, and he said, uh, how you doing? I said, I'm excellent, how are you? He said, very good, very good. I said, I, look, I just want to tell you, I'm a huge fan. And he goes, likewise. I said, really? He goes, oh yeah, particularly Dogma. And he's like, uh, would you like to do something together? And I said, yeah, what do you want to do? Because I'm thinking like he wants to do a musical. <laughs> and he starts talking more and more um, about spirituality, religion, faith, and it becomes very apparent over the course of a half hour that Prince is way into Jesus. So you want to do this? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. What are we, what are we doing? And uh, he said, I have this thing where I'm going to debut my new album for a bunch of fans. They come to Paisley Park. We have a, a week-long event. And he's like, and, and then we're going to have listening parties where people are going to hear the album. And we're just going to have a good time. I, I want to make a movie that we can bring to the Cannes Film Festival. And I was like, really? He's like, yeah, yeah, something like kind of like a concert film, I'm saying. He's like, kind of like a concert film, but I want to do bold things. Like, I want to put up the words, Jesus Christ is the Son of God on screen and let them deal with it. So I get off the phone with him. I was like, oh, fuck it, shit, that's fucking great. I go in and tell everyone about it. And then Mosier goes, uh, did you ask about the song for the movie? And I was like, no, fuck, I forgot. Uh, Prince, it's Kevin. Um, listen, I needed uh, to use uh, the, your song, Most Beautiful Girl in the World. I love the song. I want to put it in this one scene in the movie. And he goes, no. <laughs> I said, uh, no? He's going, yeah, I'm going to have to pass on that. He's like, you can use the Time song, which he owns the publishing for. He's like, you can use the Time song, but I'm going to take a pass on the other one. And I said, all right, bye. You know. <laughs> I was like, that's so fucking weird. The dude called me up and said, come out and shoot a documentary for me. And I'm like, yeah. 
And I called him and be like, can I have one of your songs? He's like, no. <laughs> I'm not too keen to, to go in there and, and do it. And he's like, you, want, you know what? You'll do a great job. I have faith in you. Walks away. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm making a documentary. I don't fucking know how to make a documentary. I never made a documentary. So I go in the next day and um, we're shooting in the atrium. And uh, everybody sits down Tenth and shit. Right? They're listening to these albums. Oh, yeah. In other rooms in Paisley Park. And they bring him into this room called the atrium. Uh, with the high ceilings and there's a big cage with doves in it and people start coming into the room and i would say about 20 percent of them as they walk in are like pause for a second silent bob this is a very cut up version this is a much longer bit but he has this lovely line about the doves in the atrium and and you can hear doves crying because the fucking things won't shut up <laughs> <laughs> go ahead you know, like, I was the last person they expected to see there. You know, like, what the fuck is Silent Bob doing here? Is, is he a fan? Did he, why is he standing? What's with the cameras? What's going on? And I'm like, look, I don't even know what's going on. So I sit him down, I'm like, look, uh, we're going to talk about what you just heard. And I don't introduce myself. I'm not like, hi, I'm Kevin Smith. I made a few movies. I'm just like, hi, we're going to talk about uh, what you just listened to and, and see where the topic takes us. And so we start talking. Everybody wants to talk about religion because that's what the album's about. It's a real theme piece. It's kind of a one story throughout the whole album. So people start getting up in arms. You know, some people are like, I think it's his best work to date. I think it's like hey, all the promise he showed. Oh my gosh, he is so huge in this. Oh yeah, well, I, I, I think he had, a, did he have a heart attack and had to lose a ton of weight because yeah. of that? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, he's big. He was that big when I saw him at EJ. Wow. Yeah. Oh, I love sexy. And, you know, it's just the next level for Prince. Like, I love all the three minute, four minute pop hits, but this is where he's going. This is tremendous. And then I've got other people on the side going, look, we all know Prince is Jehovah's Witness. And I'm sitting there going, Prince is a Jehovah's Witness? Since when? Now? Because he didn't try to sell me a watchtower once. <laughs> Best line ever. <laughs> God, I love Kevin Smith. <laughs> He's going, and I just want, I printed up a bunch of facts from the internet about the Jehovah's Witness that I think Prince should read because it's very important stuff and he should know that he's being bilked and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, all right, well, we'll address that. Let's, uh, what else does everyone think? And trying to lead the discussion to where Prince wanted to go, but everyone wants to talk about religion and what they've heard on the album. And some people are incensed because uh, it's a very literal translation of the Bible. Somebody comes up behind me and says, whispers in my ear, Prince wants you to stop talking about religion. And I'm like, keep talking, keep talking. What do you mean Prince wants me to stop talking about religion? I, mean, I, I, don't, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, if he, if he wants it to not be about, if he wants it to be something else, maybe he should get his ass down here and do something about it. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, God, did he hear me say he should get his ass down here? Pause. pause. And, so they cut out the bit about he's looking around and saw the plaque about the whole place is wired for sound. And he was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> did he hear me say that? <laughs> And he might have because I'm sitting there talking to the person who's talking and in the back of the room I see Prince materialize. You know, not out of thin air, but suddenly he's there. <laughs> Everyone turns around, they're like, oh, it's Prince, and they applaud and he comes in, sits down and uh, starts, he's listening to the group and letting me keep lead it. And then he starts joining in and talking. If you know anything about Prince, he's very kind of 
quiet, solitary, likes to stay apart from people, but he starts joining in, gets real into it, and he's going like, all right, who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? You know, and half the people raise their hands, he's like, okay, everybody on this side of the room, those who don't go over there. He's going, okay, we rule our lives by this, and he pulls a Bible out of his back pocket, and I'm like, I didn't even know he had a back pocket. <laughs> God, I love Kevin Smith. Oh, he, God, he's brilliant. Humor. Because the outfits he fucking wears don't really lend to pockets. He's like, we're going to lead our lives according to this. Over there, you lead your lives according to what you do. So you have no laws. We have laws. Now we want your women. So we're going to go take your women. And there's nothing you can do about it. Women, come over here. There's nothing you can do about it because you don't lead your lives by this, but we can take your women. I'm sitting there going, is that what it says in the Bible? Because if it is, I'm going back to church. And he's going through these parlor games and shit, and everyone's having a grand old time. He's in his element, and he's real happy. And, and I was kind of pleased. You get to see a part of him that's, that, that, that I'd never seen before in my life and everything I've ever watched, many interviews, anytime he's done press. So one guy's sitting there going, like, I think this album is about how Prince hates white people. And I'm like, really? I, I didn't get that at all. What makes you say that? He's like, because he's singing about the devil, how the devil stole it all. And I'm like, no, I think he's not talking about the white devil. He's talking about this devil with the fucking horns and shit. Not the, I don't think it's a race thing. Really? Race? Do you think so? So I go into his office, and he's sitting behind his desk, and he's uh, playing with a computer. And uh, I sit there for like a good 20 seconds, 30 seconds. He says nothing. And then he says, these are the pictures from the show last night. And he turns the computer to me, and I'm like, that's really great. Hey, we could have used you about two hours ago up in a room. Things were getting a little tense. He's like, really? And I was like, yeah, like, there's some dude upstairs who was maintaining that the, uh, you hate white people. He's like, why do you say that? I said, because he said in the album, you talk about how the devil stole the music, and, and he said you meant the white devil, and I said you meant this devil, and I think that's right. And he's just like, what did he say, that the white people stole the music from the black people? I was like, I, essentially, that was his argument. He goes, well, if the bra fits. Sweating balls for three hours, feeling questions, <laughs> defending your Jehovah's Witnessism, even though I know nothing about it, and you, if the bra fits? I was like, well, these people have been sitting here for three hours. They expect you to come. I'm up there. They don't want to see me anymore. And he's like, I'll go out and talk to him for 10 minutes. You want to shoot it? And I said, yeah, yeah, we'll shoot it. Okay. So we get out on the floor. My glazed gentleman, Prince, everyone goes nuts. And he sits down at the piano, and he starts talking. We start shooting. And he starts talking and proceeds to talk for four hours. <laughs> He kind of goes out a back door and shit so he can avoid autographs and shit. And uh, I collect my stuff, and Stephanie, who was kind of my chaperone all week, wasn't even there anymore. And I said to her before she left, I was like, what do, I'm, this is the last day. What are we going to do? Am I cutting this thing? Is somebody else cutting it? She's like, they've been cutting it already. He used some of the footage at his show in St. Paul last night. I'm like, Get the, really? I mean, I, I feel so useless. Like, I'm sitting around trying to maintain my composure and stuff's being already cut. I was like, that's great. So you'll have a cut of the documentary done like next week. And she's like, yeah, but I wouldn't count on seeing it really. I was like, well, why? She's like, well, frankly, a lot of this stuff never sees the light of day. And I was like, what, what do you mean stuff never sees the light of day? She's like, I'm his producer, right? I produce 50 music videos for him. I'm like, that's awesome, which ones? And she's like, you've never seen them. And I was like, how, how have I never seen them? She's like, because they're for songs you've never heard. And I was like, well, where are they? She's like, he puts them in a the vault. And I was like, F for what? And she's like, I don't know. That's kind of amazing, but it's true. Oh, yeah.
Yeah, I, I actually had transcribed some of this because I mean, I was just I was flabbergasted at the amount of music in the vault. Yeah, that I mean, you know, until all the legal battles get done, we'll never hear or see or experience at all. Um, do they have the stuff about the camel in that? Uh, in that clip, that clip was done basically when when it got to it or uh, wh- where we left off. So, all right. So, and and then and uh, maybe in the extended version of that clip, <laughs> he says the Stephanie says, um. Kevin says, I, I can't do this. I can't do this. And she's like, I can't go in and tell him that you can't do this. She's like, fuck it. I'll go tell him. I don't care. Somebody's got to set him straight. She's like, that would be a big relief for me. And, 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 and he was like, why can't you go tell him? And she says, because Prince doesn't comprehend things like you and I do. Said, Prince has been living in Prince world for quite a long time. The Prince will come to us periodically at say, 3 a.m. And he'll say it's 3 a.m. in Minnesota. I need a camel. Go get it. And we try to explain to Prince that it's 3 a.m. in Minnesota in January and you want a camel. It's not physically possible. And Prince is like, why? It's snowing, motherfucker. But Prince will say, why? And Kevin says, is he being an asshole? And he says, no, no, he's not malicious. He just doesn't understand why someone can't process a simple request like a camel at three in the morning in Minnesota. That's just the way he was. It's like, uh, why can't I have a camel? It's it's only 3 a.m. in Minnesota in January. <laughs> yeah, she, she had produced 50 music videos and they're all in the vault. Full production crew, full cast. I mean, like, you could throw them on MTV at any moment. And we'll never see them. That, that's really kind of an amazing thing that, that Kevin Smith was talking about. But the fact is, is that he's got a ton of music sitting in that vault that has never been heard. Yep. And it's still there. I I could see Prince albums being put out for the next 50 years. And could, never go through everything that he has saved. Yeah, it was yeah, that I think that was the number that there were you could do one Prince album a year for the next 50 years. Yes, I um, actually took that from the website. Yeah. Uh, according to USA Today, as of uh, April 21st in 2019, the army of lawyers uh, that have been wrangling for three years since then, they're trying to figure out the value and how to share all this stuff. Um, there, was, there were a bunch of tax bills to be taken into account. The heirs were clashing with the state's administrators. Uh, the precise value of the state was at one point somewhere between 200 and 300 million, but that was unclear. So, yeah, the, uh, a lot of the problems that they were having with uh, figuring out what the estate was worth is that in the vault, there are 50 years of records, 39 studio albums. 
and that that's beyond the scope of what they can figure out. It, it, nobody can tell what it's worth. Yeah, because and, as it sits right now, it's worth this. But if you released all these few thousand songs, what's that worth? And and what what Prince was really smart about before he died. In his will, all of that stuff went to the estate. Yeah. So Paisley Park owns all of those records. That's in a way it's a great thing because Paisley Park will be a museum for the rest of its life. Uh, you and I will not see Paisley Park torn up torn down. No, no. It will it will be there for decades uh and, and that's that's a good thing now there's some sad fat i mean we know that prince died at paisley park um from what i'm hearing the tours do not do not enter the areas that that prince prince was found in the elevator you can't go there no I think that's a good thing. I mean, yeah, you know, I, I don't want to. God, I, I I sit back and I say I don't want to get into how he died. But well, the, I, the the dude had been jumping off of twenty foot high <laughs> stacks of amps onto a stage floor for years during a show. Uh, he beat himself to death and he didn't sleep a lot like like if you read in you, i'm sure you've read a ton of the reviews this guy didn't sleep a ton i mean he was burning himself he was burning the candle at both ends for his whole life so yeah. mentally physically emotionally i mean he was just going as fast as he possibly could it was insane um all right i got one little other tidbit i'm kind of leave everything up to you did you do you ever hear about the promotional tip that they took from Willy Wonka? No. In 2006, Universal hid 14 purple tickets, seven in the U.S. and seven internationally, inside Prince's album 3121. Any fan who found a purple ticket were invited to attend a private performance at Prince's Los Angeles home. You've got to be kidding me. No. 14 fucking people at a concert at his house. That's freaking great. <laughs> hey, guys. Uh, we got to take a break? We have to take a break, and then we're going to come back and go over. Are you ready for this? Yes. All the girlfriends? All the... Well, actually... Before we go into the girlfriends, we're going to go into all the songs that Prince wrote for, for other people, other artists. Awesome. That's a, that's a good list. So we are looking forward to that. Hey, wait. Oh. That, not, nope, nope, nope. Oh, good one there. Yeah.
we're gonna go out of this section with the great song. Sweet. Take me with you guys. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. this song so much it's smooth and crunchy it's like peanut butter should be god yes what a great analogy it should be smooth and crunchy
So there's your perfect fusion of heavy metal, funk, R&B, and pop all in one song. That is just fucking amazing. I mean, did you hear the drummer in that? The, the double, the double clutch and the bass pedals and the whole nine year. Oh yeah, it's just holy hell. I mean, oh, I was sitting there listening to the drums. I was like, he's they're relentless. Pedaling. He's double pedaling. It's going on. It's going on, and he doesn't stop. No. Oh, so incredible, so incredible. That's a throwaway but, song on that album. That's why I said, man, take out all the hits, listen to the rest of the album. It's still solid. It's amazing. But with that, uh, but with that, Prince wrote a ton of songs that he never produced himself. At, 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 just as a quick side note, before you get into this real quick, this album was one of the few times that he ever really collaborated with his bandmates. There were some Wendy and Lisa riffs and lyrics. There was some, uh, like the whole band kind of did a little bit on a few of these different songs. And it's, I think it's one of the few times ever that Prince didn't have absolute total control. He actually wanted their input, and it—that's—and th- and they're such talented people. That's probably why this thing was just so amazing. You, you know what? I'm glad you brought that up, but it pisses me off because that—that yeah. should have been something that we discussed when we did the movie. Because it, it, dude, there was a, so much in the movie. Oh my god! <laughs> it's a it's a great point to to bring up. I mean, that throughout the movie, Wendy and Lisa argued with Prince the entire time, and, and that was reflected in the movie, which I find just amazing. It it's. It, it's totally amazing that that the entire movie is about the fact that he has a conflict with his band all the way through it. He treats them like shit. He basically says it's my way or the highway, and that's how he ran his business. So I think that that that's an interesting fact. Yeah, computer blue. I, I, forgive me, I can't remember the other songs, but Computer Blue was one of the ones that Wendy and Lisa helped on, and actually he drew inspiration from his dad's music from a r- couple riffs from his dad on Computer Blue. But yeah, Purple, Purple did, Rain but, was like a lot of Wendy and Lisa. But he hated Computer Blue. That was one of the interesting facts that I came up with. Yeah. He was not a fan of the song Computer Blue. Which is fine. I mean yeah, maybe maybe it just reminded me too much of his old man. Who knows? Well, I was about to get into something about Prince that everyone knows. Everyone knows he wrote songs for other people. Oh yeah. Uh, 
I have comprised a list of the songs that he's written for other people. And uh, I was going to ask Burke to actually guess some of the songs. But then I went through the list myself. And I could guess two. <laughs> two. So I, I guess I should just start. Uh, I have 11 songs that he wrote. I'm going to start on number 11. And we'll see if Burke, as well as myself, knew that these were Prince songs. Well, let me let me let me take my guesses. Some of my guesses now. Um, All right. I know Manic Monday for the Bengals. Um. Uh, do you count Sheena Easton with "You Got the Look" because it was a duet technically? Um. Oh man. Okay. Now the the rum is starting to kill brain cells off. Um. Oh, okay. Yeah, let's go ahead. We'll roll with this. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Are you Ray Burke? Yes. Number 11. How come you don't call me anymore? Can you guess the artist that actually sang it? No. Man, I almost want to say it's something like, uh, not Tears for Fears, but... Uh, uh... I know who who sang that. Alicia Keys. Prince, oh no, shit! Prince wrote and recorded this ballad in 1982 as a B-side to his single 1999. Oh wow! But the track did not become a commercial success until Keys covered the song in 2002. Wow. That's impressive. Thank you. I told you I did some research. Good boy. <laughs> it's rare, but yeah, it happens. <laughs> Number 10. Love. Thy will be done. Oh, shit. I don't think I've even heard that song. the heck was that well the artist that did it had a song that went kind of like this step by step heart to heart Martita yes Martika Martika Prince co-wrote this single with Martika for her 1991 debut album oh wow the track went on to top pop charts in numerous countries. Did you just say top pop charts? Hang on. Top. <laughs> I have a. I have a. You know, Jolly Rancher skirt up here. <laughs> Enunciation. <laughs> top pop charts. <laughs> I have a blue raspberry Jolly oh, Rancher going that, that, on. Those things are sour as hell, too. Uh, okay, I get it. I won't give you too much crap. Uh, okay. So, yes. Uh, 
The track went on the top pop charts in numerous countries. I almost Very... said I almost said counties. There's <laughs> <laughs> well, two or three counties here in Texas that it was on the top of the pop charts. <laughs> How about that bourbon? <laughs> All right, sir. Next song. Sugar Walls. Oh, that's another Shinny Easton song, isn't it? Bam, Betty! Bam! Uh, Sheena Easton ditching his previous pseudonym, Christopher, for the new name, Alexander Nevermind. Now that's right. That was the, one of his pseudonyms. Yeah, shit, I forgot about the that. The Disguised Prince wrote this U.S. dance hit for Sheena Easton in 1984. Hang on. So, is she going to show up on the dating list also? You'll find out. I okay. Have... All right, all right. I I, did... I'm waiting with anticipation. I had to take that damn Jolly Rancher out. Hmm. Of course, always swigging down. Oh, freaking bourbon's <laughs> gonna make you feel better. <laughs> Number eight. With this tear. Do you know who the artist is? I don't know that I've ever heard that song. With this tear. Prince wrote the 1992 song is a gift to Celine Dion. Oh, no. Oh, damn. Celine Dion, who put the present backed by her stunning voice on a self-titled album. Wow. That's, that's pretty, that's damn impressive. Now, I'm going to say the next one, and I know you'll know the band, but you <laughs> probably don't know the uh, the the extent of this. this okay, group. fair the, enough. The song is Jungle Love. More Stay in the Time, which we already knew. More Stay, and, and then we're way back in the day. The rival band in Purple Rain is actually playing plenty of Prince songs. The kid wrote many songs for the Minneapolis-based band, who were also close friends and collaborators with the artist. Yeah. So a lot of people don't realize this, but Morris Day, as well as a bunch from the time, including Jordan, uh, helped write a lot of Prince's songs. Bless you. I do apologize. <laughs> because I could not hit the space bar. <laughs> uh, anyways. And, uh, and, and, and Morris Day's sister was playing for Prince at one point in time. Yeah, it, it's, it's all so yeah, that, interconnected and entwined. It, it, you lose track of who's and who's. Yeah. Well, they're they're interconnected because of the whole Minneapolis thing, and and this is an era of of funk and R and B that is never going to to happen again. Uh, 
Prince was around since the 70s. The Morris Day and the Time started in the 70s. They all collaborated all the way through the 80s. And it's just, it's a time of R&B that's never going to be able to be recreated. Oh, yeah. Uh, All right. Number six, The Glamorous Life. Can you name the artist? Uh, was that Sheila E? Correct. Ah, to pull that one out of my backside. Uh, like Manic Monday, Prince first wrote this song for Apollonia 6. The creation was eventually given to the singer and percussionist Sheila E., who transformed the song into a top dance hit. Now, real quickly, on Purple Rain, in the song, uh, oh God, uh, Spend the Night Together, uh, Take Me With You, that was not Apollonia singing. That was actually Wendy. No, excuse me. That was Lisa singing the parts that Apollonia supposedly was singing. So anyway, go ahead. Correct. And originally, it was supposed to be Vanity. And they had a breakup, and she bowed out. There were some scenes filmed with Vanity, but they broke up, and it was kind of ugly there for a second, and then they got Apollonia in there. Yes, sir. All right. uh, Where was that? Oh, number five. Mm Mm-hmm. I feel for you. Oh, that's Chaka Khan. Chaka Mad. There's a. Whole... <laughs> no, sorry. For those of you who don't know, there was another Kevin Smith bit at the very, very beginning of that whole bit about him going and filming this, where he was talking to Prince, and he, and Prince said something to the effect of Chaka Mad, and Tim was like Chaka Mad. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to add on to this. And I know I've said this story before, but I'm going to do it again. I lit Shaka Khan about six times. Nice. Now, the first time that I did it, it was for the Dallas Urban League here in Dallas, who I think is... Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Your battery is running low. Uh-oh. Guys, I got about seven minutes left. Oh, crap. So, uh, I did the show. Uh, I signed up for it, all that. I get to the venue. I set up all the lighting. It's freaking incredible. Her production manager comes up to me five minutes before the show and says, you can't use any yellow. I went, okay. You can't use any red. I said, okay. You can't use any green. I said, whoa, hang on. 
<laughs> he named off another color, and I looked at him and said, you do realize that my lighting rig is red, blue, green, amber, purple, orange, and white. And you've taken away three-fifths. Almost all the colors that yeah. I have. <laughs> he was like, that's... I, that, that. I was like, was that on the rider? He said, no. I said, okay. So I did the same thing with him that I did with the jazz musician and turned on blue. <laughs> so Shaka Khan was lit in blue. Blue. It's like seven. <laughs> what color you got for me? Seven. Seven. <laughs> uh, Which, by the way, uh, I just blew up my microphone. I could hear it in my ears. <laughs> I seven is one of the very later Prince songs that. It kind of blows my mind. It's very reminiscent. Seven in the Fall, specifically, is the name of the song. Very reminiscent, almost of the Fifth Element and the Beatles. Mm-hmm. Oh, dude, you're losing power. Yeah, dude, here's the thing. I'm going to stop this right now because uh, it's not going to last long. <laughs> yeah, I can tell. All right, we can pick this up tomorrow. All right, I will call you tomorrow and we will finish <laughs> oh crap he crashed welcome back it's a new day yeah <laughs> i have power today uh we I was actually surprised that we went a whole hour and a half. Yeah, that, on, that's an impressive battery. battery. Yeah, that's an impressive battery you got there. Um, did you see this? Yeah, I saw the text. Absolutely. What's What's in my hand here? The Batman. This. Uh, That'll be next week. <laughs> so, uh, how was your evening after I left? Uh, it was bedtime for me anyway, so I just crashed. Apparently, I was snoring so bad my wife had to sleep on the couch, but you'll have that. You and your wife sleep in the same bed? Yeah. I haven't done that in years. <laughs> All right. Batman. Batman. I'm Batman. Batman. I am Batman. I am <laughs> Batman. Although I love how he says, he, he skips over that whole line. He just goes right for, I'm, does he say justice or vengeance? I can't remember. I'm vengeance, I think is what he says. I'm not sure. I haven't seen it yet. Well, like I guess I've seen the first half. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
just seeing if you remember what we're talking about. This is one of my favorite songs by him. I seem to remember walking around high school doing the I would die for you hand signals. <laughs> Do you remember doing that? Walking oh, yeah. down the hall. And... Yeah. I, I don't know. I may not have done it because I was a senior at that point. And, you know, seniors don't do dumb shit like that. <laughs> you, you graduated before me. So 85. Yeah. I, I was 87. So, but I don't think I'm that much younger than you. Um, I was held back in the third grade because we mm. moved we moved from Sheffield Lake to Medina. And uh I love Sheffield Lake. It was a I, I used to I used to make my sister get naked and then take her down to community days, which is like four blocks away. She was like four. Oh, Jesus. Like, come on, come on, Allison. <laughs> <laughs> Start to worry me there for a second. <sighs> no, we I mean we were little, little. I I was I was in the third grade when when we moved. No, oh, okay. Yeah, third grade. Mrs. Cal Miss Calloway. She was Miss. Miss at the time. Oh, Miss Calloway. She was smoking hot. Yeah, I was I'd... so upset when she got married. <laughs> it's like, bitch, did not wait for me. <laughs> yeah. All right. Did you like listen to the recording to see kind of where we left off? or? Yes, and where we left off was we were going over his top 20 songs of all time, uh, according to the charts. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, we had gotten to Raspberry Beret. Um, actually, no, we had discussed Bat Dance, which I, I still, mm. to this day, don't know how it got into the top 10, but it did. Um, the music that he did for Batman was extremely good. I mean... Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. It was... It was extremely good. Uh, and, and it was so different for its time, which made it even, even more impressive. Um, the Bat Dance was what, what number on your list? Eight. Hmm. What? Why do you uh, have a different? Because my I, list I, I, was. Yeah. Remember, my list was the UK. Oh, this is just some random the the Guardian, and I think it's just their impression of what it is. I don't know that there's any basis for it, but uh, Mountains was their number eight. Um, I don't even see oh, Raspberry Beret number three. Yeah. Raspberry Beret was number six on this one. Yeah, I, I mean every chart or every website's going to have a different listing. Oh yeah. And this one's this um, one's dumb. 
All right, we're going to something else. Yeah. <laughs> um, Sign of the Times came in at 11 in the UK, hmm. uh, which surprises me because I really liked that song. Yeah. Um, Cream came in 15. Very now, another one of those smooth songs. Yeah. Did you? Um, <laughs> Did you ever did you ever see the interview with Prince when he talks about how he wrote Cream? No. <laughs> um, Cream was written while he was in the bathroom staring at himself in the mirror. He had a room wired for sound, so <laughs> <laughs> He explained that I, I he he was talking about he was like you know I wrote that while I was looking in the mirror and I was like oh my god <laughs> uh, let's see here sexy motherfucker came in ten nice another great song uh, I did start my timer. Uh, my my name is Prince. Came in sixteenth. Diamonds and pearls. Came in eighteenth, and twentieth uh, was Alf Alphabet <laughs> Alphabet Street. <laughs> That's really silly. What? <laughs> Um, Is your computer yeah. acting up? No, I'm trying to. Apparently, I I didn't turn my uh, iPad off, and it's sitting here screaming at me. <laughs> All right, so uh, Alphabet Street came in twentieth. That was an interesting. It, it was very interesting to look at this from the UK version. Uh. I don't know why I picked the UK version. I think it was just the first first uh, first website that popped up, but it was very interesting to see that that uh, uh, in the UK, the most beautiful girl in the world was the only one that made it to number one. Huh. Everything else was either now he he was single digit in every one of these yeah. Oh, yeah as far as peaking so it was either two through nine uh there were only about one two five songs that were outside of the top 10. uh and, and that that totally makes sense that uh, i remember now why i picked this one this was the one that separated the songs by uh, who the band that he was with? Oh, okay. So, like Little Red Corvette was Prince on his own. Purple Rain was Prince in the Revolution. When Doves Cry was actually Prince by himself. It was before he was with the Revolution, huh. but it made it into the movie. Kiss Prince in the Revolution. 
Let's Go Crazy, Prince and the Revolution, Raspberry Beret, Prince and the Revolution, The Most Beautiful Girl in the World, Artist Formerly Known as Prince. Now that I bring that up, this might be <laughs> this might be the right time to go into the discussion about the uh, about the Warner Brothers lawsuit, <laughs> of which I, I'm sure that anyone who is older than 35 years old remembers when Prince became a symbol. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh, yeah, he became a symbol, but it, it was it was because Warner Brothers owned the right to his name. That's just a scary thought, man. I, and the the thing that that really got me when I was when I was looking into this is Prince is his real name. Yeah, his, how do you own how do you own my real name? Yeah. Uh, well, we we've actually seen this in the world of motorsports with 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 Dale Earnhardt and his ex-wife not allowing any of his kids to use the Earnhardt name, hmm. which is why uh, Dale Jr. always went by Junior. He, oh, okay. He never went by Dale Earnhardt Jr. His oh. his racing company is junior motorsports all because his mother-in-law is a dick <laughs> prince went through the same thing but prince said fuck you i'll just be i'll be a symbol yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i i honestly I honestly sat back when all that crap happened and said, you, you should just call yourself the king. I, I know that Elvis <laughs> was the king, but you're the closest thing to to Elvis. Oh, yeah. For our generation, absolutely. Oh, yeah. I mean, but I don't know how else to say, <clears throat> say it, but Prince was a composer at what he was doing. And uh, and coming from musical theater, I I can see the brilliance in how it's written. Um, shoot, I, I've said time and time and time again, I I would have loved to have lit one of his shows, just because of how intricate his songs are. Let me my, my a little, little bit of a nightmare to start with, but yeah, it'd be fun when it was all done. It'd, it'd be. It'd be a blast. It would, well, but it, it's kind of like, it's kind of like Billy Joel. Billy Joel is an asshole to work with. Because. I've, yeah. I've seen the, the, the backup singers talk about what a jerk mm -hmm. he is. And, and a lot of that has to do with the fact that he's a perfectionist. Now there's things about Billy Joel that I love. Like he won't allow the front, uh, the first two rows uh, of a venue be sold. He takes those tickets and then his people go out into the audience, into the back rows and gives front row tickets away to, oh, wow. to people that are in the back rows. 
He he said that the true fans are in the back. So he he does that. Now Prince was Prince was kind of the same way. Prince would withhold five thousand tickets and give them away. <laughs> I I mean he's gonna sell out the show anyways. He yeah. he's he's gonna make his money. Um he was just yeah, he was an insane uh entertainer. What do we have left to do? Well, I mean, I, I know that I have the the, the girlfriends. I, I have the girlfriends and the eleven popular songs you never knew Prince wrote. Yeah, and then God, there's something coming to my mind about, and I didn't write it down. Forgive me, but did, 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 in your divings, did you see something about he used to give away his a new album at his concert to everybody? Like he came not. out with a new album. He didn't want the record labels involved or something like that. And then he was a, that album hit the top of the charts because it got out to, well, he was doing what? 20,000 people a night. You give out 20,000 albums. You do this every night for how many nights? All of a sudden you've got three quarters of a million records out there sold. It was he included it in the price of the ticket. And all of a sudden he's topping the charts with an album that never went through any of the record companies and they didn't make any revenue off of him because of that as See, another I, thumb in the, you know? Yeah. I think, I think that that kind of adds into the Warner brothers um, thing. Warner brothers really kind of screwed them. And, uh, but it's a business They they want to make their money. I understand that. Uh, in Warner Brothers' mind, they owned him, which basically they did. Um, and, and he he basically said, "Screw you." Listen, think of how many artists do that: Billy Joel, Bruce Springsteen, all these guys snub their noses at the record companies because the record companies are just out there to make money. Yeah. These guys want to create art. They don't care what the record company or label says. Anyways. Anyways. Um so yeah, I, I did not see that, but I could totally see it happening. Oh dude, he gave away an album at one point. Prince granted British tabloid The Mail on Sunday exclusive rights to distribute his new album as a freebie, cutting out record stores, online sellers, even his UK label, Sony BMG, and take the album Planet Earth straight to the people. And all it cost them was the, was the newspaper $3 cover price. <laughs> oh How many? Three million people picked up a copy. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's the best uh what do i want to do next how about the right. 11 songs all right the 11 songs um i know that you know a couple a couple i have i found 11 that's good 11 songs 
So I'm going to start at the bottom of the list with... Uh, give, give me the artist, see if I can guess the song. All right. The first artist is Alicia Keys. Oh, man, I just came across this one. Oh, uh, I, don't, I, I don't remember the name of the song, but go ahead. How Come You Don't Call Me Anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Prince wrote and recorded this ballad in 1982 as a B-side to his single 1999. But the track didn't become commercially successful until Alicia Keys covered the song in 2002. So, I just uh, thought it was weird that Alicia Keys was in that list. I'm like, really? Like, okay. Yeah. Um, okay, next one. Martika. Oh man. It's like I just saw this one too. I I do not recall the name of this song. The song is called Love Thy Will Be Done. Prince co-wrote this single with Martika for her 1991 debut album called Martika's Kitchen. The track went on to top pop charts in numerous countries. Nice. Boy, I'm having trouble talking to i did not do my, <laughs> i did not do my warm-up exercises before we started this um, uh, i i i just have a drink and sit down so <laughs> oh i do my red leather yellow leather unique Siblings. new york unique new york. new york all right number nine mm -hmm. sheen sheena easton that is sugar walls correct Ditching his previous pseudonym, Christopher, for the new name, Alexander Nevermind, <laughs> the disguised prince wrote this U.S. dance hit for Sheena Easton in 1984. Well, then... uh... Oh, she, she only sang on You Got the Look, but that was a Prince song only, right? Right. Okay. Okay. Uh, next, Celine Dion. I feel like we've done this. Did we do this last night? No, I don't remember doing it. I mean, maybe I, I just, maybe I just saw this whole list someplace or maybe I was doing some research or something. Um, I I, I, yeah, I knew, I knew Celine was on the list, but I, I, I don't remember that one either. With this tear, Prince wrote. The 1992 song is a gift to Dion, who put the present, backed by her stunning voice, on her self-titled album, Celine Dion. <laughs> Number seven, The Time. God, there's a, I, I, I want to say couple. there's a couple. Yeah, I was going to say, like, um, uh, I thought The Bird was one. Um the, I think the two songs that were in Purple Rain were both written by Prince, if I'm, I thought. Mm. Uh, the Bird and Jungle Love. Yeah, the two songs. Okay, yeah, that was right. Uh, and now, everybody hold on for a second, because Scott's going Scott's gonna to share something with you. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, it, for the listening audience, they are going to love seeing this. Open up your ears so you can see better. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, let me see here. Um, let me sharing for a second because I have to find the correct one. <laughs> it's this one. Okay. I'm ready. Hang on. <laughs> oh. Met over there. Pause. Share. Screen two. Yeah, there we go. Okay. Where did it go? There it is. Isn't that close that? And guess what I forgot to do? Share video and audio. Share audio. <laughs> I was going to ask you about that because I didn't see anything at the top of the list there. Share sound. Optimize for video. Ready? I, I didn't hear you say ready. I was muted. Yes, I'm ready. So it's very weird seeing Prince do this song. It is a little bit, yeah. It sounds um, great though. But in in the interview that I saw before this, this was how he expected the bird to be done. <laughs>
That's good stuff. Mm, mm, mm. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> mm, mm, mm. I saw that. I was like, I've got to play this. I've got to play this. <laughs> I also found I also found another song that he wrote, but but let's get back into this list. Okay. Next one. Sheila E. Uh Glamorous Life. Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh Prince first wrote the song for Apollonia 6. Uh, the creation was eventually given to the singer and percussionist Sheila E., who transformed the song into a top dance hit. Yeah, that she she played that, I believe, for the opening. Because she was the opener for Prince for the Purple Rain tour. Yes. And uh, I believe she played that and a few others. And uh, that was that was a phenomenal show. Holy yeah, cow. That, that whole Apollonia thing was... Uh, yeah, weird fiasco. Yeah. Uh, next up, a woman who I've lit about five times. <laughs> Shaka Khan. Oh, it is it feel for you? I feel for you. While Khan was not the first one to the song, she made the most memorable version. Prince originally wrote this song for Patrice Richon, hmm. but ended up recording the song himself and putting it on his 1979 self-titled album. I Feel For You went on to be covered by the Pointer Sisters, Mary Wells, but it was Shaka Khan's 1984 version that became the hit. The standard. Stand time. There is... If you if you like watching Kevin Smith, there's another bit about dealing with Prince where Prince was talking about Chaka Khan and, and Prince says something the effect of Chaka Mad, something, 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 Chaka Mad. <laughs> that, um, <laughs> that popped up, I think, in the one you were watching. Chaka Mad? What? Chaka Mad. Chaka Mad. Um, <laughs> that, that may be on the Kevin Smith video that we need to finish up. Well, that one we were watching was kind of a uh, a choppy edit, and there's a lot of fun. I mean, otherwise, it would have been a 20-minute long video. Right. But. <laughs> All right. Uh, next up on the list, number four, Stevie Nicks. Oh. Um, uh, Stand back? Correct. Prince paired up wow. with Nicks to help her write this top five hit. The Fleetwood Mac singer has often shared the interesting verse story behind this single from her solo career. According to Nix, she was inspired to create the song after listening to Prince's Little Red Corvette. When she went to record Stand Back, she called Prince about the song and he showed up at the studio that night to help finish the track. Is she the one, is she the one that actually used to, he used to go to somebody's shows and she, and the, no, maybe it was Joni Mitchell. Like she actually saw him 
at his shows and when he became popular recognized him and then I, they did something together but yeah i'm not sure yeah i think it, i think it was joni mitchell actually like he went to so many joni mitchell shows and she like saw him and knew his face and then he became popular like oh crap that's that kid for my show uh number three madonna um oh this is tougher because you got so many hits um it's is it respect yourself was written for the 1989 album like a prayer the song is called love song oh okay prince helped madonica write this song madonna traveled to the studios at paisley park in minnesota where prince was pronounced dead to come up with thanks, thanks for that yeah why did they put that in there <laughs> to come up with the piece Along with helping to write the track, Prince also sang and played guitar. Oh, wow. Number two, The Bangles. Um, that's a Manic Monday. Correct. Prince wrote this weekday lament in 1984 as a duet for the band. Uh, as a duet for the band Apollonia 6. Hey, what do you know? Apollonia again. Missed out on that one, didn't you? <laughs> yes, it was Joni Mitchell. He used to show up. He watched the whole show with his collar up, looking side to side. You couldn't miss him. It was a little princeling. Yeah, it was Joni Mitchell that, that recognized him in the audience. So, uh, surprised they never wrote a song together. So, Prince wrote this song under his pseudonym Christopher. Um, Blah, 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 blah. It's reported that. Ooh. My daughter is standing behind me, but my virtual background won't let her be seen. <laughs> Hell no. Hold um, on. There she is. Hello. Hello, Sam. She can't hear a word you're saying because I got the earbuds in. So Scott says hi. <laughs> she drinks funny. too much water. Huh? I never I was never able to until I got the new computer up and running. So oh, cool. here, tell that one. All right. Number one, Sinead O'Connor. Nothing compares to you. I actually almost played that video of Prince doing nothing compares to you because it is totally different. Than oh yeah. It's a very, very different. Yeah. I was like, wow, that is way different. Uh, yes. Uh, nothing compares to you. Perhaps the purple ones best known outside effort. Uh, this 1990 single complete with bald teary yeah. video. Gave Sinead <laughs> O'Connor a worldwide hit, and it was her only hit. Yeah. Uh, she had a couple of her songs that charted, but that was her only big one, yeah. It was the only one that was tolerable. <laughs> Anyways, we have, uh, we have, we have, break we need to take our time, so we must, we must take a 
a break. Uh, which means I have to play something. We'll be right back. See you soon. Hey, make sure that you check back soon for part two of this podcast. Credit card bill.